Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Chris Young. Multi-platinum entertainer Chris Young bringing his Town Ain't Big Enough World Tour 2020 out on the road this summer. Joined by special guests Scott McCreary and Peyton Smith. Sure to be Chris's biggest show yet and one you won't want to miss. Your chance to see him live is Wednesday, June 10th at Yasana Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Your chance to win tickets coming up tomorrow. Hopefully that show will happen, but if not, you'll have tickets for whenever it's rescheduled. All right, we promised you the interview with uh, Mark Harlan. This is part two. I did a two-parter on Talking Sports. It ran Sunday and Monday. Uh, we're playing it here this morning. We talked uh, about football in part one. But part two is about uh, more about basketball. It's uh, a little bit about the stadium rebuild for football. And then also, how many coaching changes are going to be in college basketball this year? And is the youth staff going to stay intact? Uh, here's uh, Mark Harlan and I and starting off talking about, if you drive by the stadium, you've seen the construction. Mark, i got to say, I drove by the University of Utah the other day on the way to pick up a pizza. And I saw some cars out in front of the Huntsman Center, and I was confused, which is pretty easy. That happens to me on a regular basis. Uh, there were some cars there. It's usually full, and it wasn't full, but there were more than I thought. How are you working it with these days as far as employees, who comes in, who stays home, who does a little bit of both? How have you been sorting this all out on the fly? Well, you know, it's a situation where there's obviously some 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 mission critical work that that needs to uh, needs to go. And so we have some employees that are certainly there. We have most of our employees are not working. But, you know, as it relates to our stadium stadium project and, and driving by the stadiums you're referring to late in construction and the, and the team of subcontractors, you know, they're out there working and following all the, the standards that are expected right now with the social distancing and they're able to get their work done and. You know, if that changes based on the current events, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll work with them to, to continue to drive forward. But as we sit here today, we're, we're still moving forward on that project with the 21 opening. So what does the timeline look for that right now? Because I did drive by the stadium and see that as well. Yeah, well, they're doing well. I mean, you know, we, we, we've, you know, as my last briefing, which was earlier in the week, we're, we're still doing really well. The crew is out there. They're awesome group they're all pretty honored and proud to be on the project and we're honored and proud to have them on the project but you know the cauldrons moved and the digging and the excavating is ongoing and and everyone's being safe out there and and uh so not only our project but but other projects on campus like the huntsman five medical centers being being constructed and others but like i said there could come a time where the crews have to be pulled and we we uh we'll just have to adapt to that if it happens yeah uh there are um a lot of questions uh, people or fans of college sports have been talking about, and one is about uh, eligibility for the seniors in the winter sports who didn't get to finish their year. Now, a lot of them were pretty deep into their year. Do you think there's any momentum for that, or is that kind of a feel-good suggestion that once you start to dig into it, maybe is uh, pretty hard to implement? Well, two different categories, right? So the winter, the winter sports, it was it was tragic to 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 not see them have a chance to compete in their championships. Um, you know, we were we were hit by this with our ski team literally being pulled down the mountain on day two, leading the national championships. Of course, our gymnast undefeated. Um, you know, I could go on and on. I don't see the momentum right now within the NCAA uh, to continue uh, with that current group. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but but since you asked, I'll answer. I don't see that momentum with our spring athletes. Uh, now we're talking about a baseballs and softballs and, and track and and some others, you know, there definitely is a lot of conversation about uh, doing that. 
and how it'll work. And in fact, um, you know, Monday, uh, the vote on the NCAA will be settled. One thing is true. Whatever we do, it has to be settled so that these, these young people can make their decisions on what they want to do. We got about 34 seniors at the University of Utah. Some are ready to move on. Some are interested in coming back. But we're hoping to get that all settled very soon. So I was talking to a, a couple people who are really wired into college basketball and they follow the coaching carousel all over the country. And they were giving me a whole rundown of jobs that were probably open, uh, you know, coaches who could be on their way, you know, to a bigger job and that could, you know, start the dominoes and all that. That was in February. And then you talk to them last week and they're like, oh yeah, nothing's happening. Nobody wants to pay a buyout. It looks really bad. Uh, does a booster want to give the money given what's happening on the stock exchange? Change to people's money. Uh, you've worked at different schools. You have friends all over the country. Do you think this is going to be a really different offseason for college basketball coaches? Because this is normally the time where a lot of people would start changing jobs, whether you know they were getting let go or they were getting a new job. And either way, you think those everything's kind of season up in that? Well, coaching coaching changes are always so extremely emotional any atmosphere that you're in the toughest thing the athletic director has to do is for that change and then the hire thereafter um, I can imagine that uh, it would be a very challenging environment to, to do that um, I haven't really probably spent a lot of time to see how much of that's going on involved in other things I, I did see I think the Boston College athletic director made a comment and he decided to hold on to his coach that he just felt like the environment right now didn't make much much sense. So maybe there's some proof to the point that you mentioned. But those are always tough, tough decisions and uh, probably only amplified you know, more than, than what we're dealing with right now. You know, at the end of a season, you tend to assess how it went. And with the basketball season done, this could be the one thing that would actually be normal. Everything you're doing is so different because of the coronavirus. How do you assess the basketball season that just ended? Well, I thought there was a lot of really bright spots in our basketball team. I, I just love the fact that, that we had some games that, that uh, you know, that we were in, some that we won, some that we came down to the end. I love the way we competed at home. I thought it compared to this year and last year, you know, even Oregon, we had to, to the wire. Obviously, and Larry and I have talked about this, you know, with a young team, we have to take the steps necessary, um, you know, as they, as they come into sophomores. Um, you know, we, we need to see that same kind of result that we saw at home on the road. Um, you know, he had his end of year meetings, um, really excited about everyone's mindset, even though they're scattered all over the place from Puerto Rico to, to, to California right now. But the, the, the team seems to be really excited about coming back. Um, I think Larry is an elite teacher. I think he's one of the best uh, in that regard. And, and I don't think there's anybody else I would want with a, with a young team. So, um, we'll get these guys back whenever normalcy is. Uh, got a really good class coming in. I'm really excited about these these young men that are coming in. Um, so I think the moments that we saw last year that really showed us the kind of uh, results that we want, uh, I think that we'll, we'll expect to see more of that next year, and I think we can count on that. Do you think there'll be staff changes, whether it's their choice or your choice, or do you think everything's going to come back intact next year? Oh, I think I think I think Larry is ready to go with the guys uh, that he works with, and and uh, excited to see what they can all put together for us. All right, before we let you go, I'm wondering, do you have a uh, a message for Ute Nation in these? Uh, I, I don't know what the word is. Different times are certainly different. You have a message for Ute Nation. 
Well, it's a, it's a message of thanks. You know, they've been so supportive always, but it's been pretty gratifying to whether it's social media, uh, emails, whatever, to see people just checking in on us. And, and uh, at the same time, we're thinking about all of them. Um, you know, this is a trying time. We also know that, that we have an obligation as part of this community to, to try to lift people and, and, you know, rest assured to you, Nation, that we're going to do everything during this time to be ready when the curtain comes back up to provide the, the excitement, the ups, the downs, uh, everything in between that we know uh, our teams can do for this community. But um, it, it's, been, it's been pretty gratifying to, to see everyone come together um, and be so supportive. Um, and so I would just say that uh, everyone stay safe. You know, I don't know if this image behind me is coming through uh, on your telecast, but my hope is that, you know, we all do the right things and, and we, we, we stay at home when we can so that everybody that's behind me can regather uh, in September. Uh, I believe we have the team down south uh, that we plan on opening with and uh, nothing would, would make me more happy to uh, to see those guys across the sideline from us in a, in a full stadium. So let's all do our part to, to get us to that place. All right. Well, we appreciate a few minutes and good luck. Good luck with whatever curveball you're about to be served up. I don't know what it is. I'm just sure you've got one out there. You're going to get. We'll be ready. Thank you. There's Mark Harlan, uh, athletic director of the U. And PK, I think the takeaways from there are the uh, basketball staff probably returning intact and a lot less change in the world of college basketball. Normally, we see coaches hired and fired and guys climbing the ladder and all that kind of stuff. And it just this is going to be different, and there's probably going to be a lot less of that now. Well, yeah, that's fine. As far as it is locally, obviously Craig Smith isn't going to get fired and Mark Pobart isn't going to get fired. And I don't think Randy Ray is, for that matter, or Mark Matson because Matson obviously had a difficult season, but it's his first year on the job. you got to give him some time. Uh, and it boils down to Larry. Larry, as you've spoken many times, what's it, four years in a row? Yep. Or this is without an NCAA tournament? Is that what, yes. is that what we're looking at? Yep. Uh, yeah. And so with five years, uh, they were in the Sweet 16. Uh, so it's pointless to argue whether Larry should stay. We'll have Larry on tomorrow at 8 o'clock, I think it is, uh, to talk about whether he's going to stay or going to go because Mark Harlan obviously has made the decision to allow Larry to coach, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that completely. And, it, you know, young guys, whatever it might be, and Larry's a great teacher, okay, great. All that stuff is all set up. But this is a results-based business, and so you have to produce. And so, you know, there's no point in asking uh, Larry, do you feel any pressure to to produce next year? Because he's going to respond like every coach who's ever been asked that question. I put more pressure on myself than anybody. I'm a blah, 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 blah. I mean, and we know the answers. So that's why I try to formulate different questions to questions that I might not know the answer to or to see what his answer is to that. And now going into next season, they have to produce and we'll see if able to produce. I mean, next year it's not going to be about young. It's not going to be about whatever. It's going to be did you produce? And I look forward to those times the most because then I don't have to worry about the apologists coming up with reasons slash excuses as to why the team isn't good. Next year they're going to have to be good. It's put up or shut up and for me as a fan that's what I like. I think they got good news yesterday. Uh, The best player on the Sun Devils team, Remy Martin, decides that he's going to go play in the NBA. I don't even know if he's an NBA player 
But, uh, you know, I saw some forecasts had them as second. Well, without Remy Martin, their best player, that's a major hit. So that opens up an opportunity for the Utes to be even better because the competition isn't as good as you thought it was going to be. And so they're going to have to win ball games next year. There's nothing else you can say. I'm fine with these guys. Every single one of them can return. I don't care either way. Return, fine. But next year, you got to win. I think the uh, – well, first off, sign off on all of that. I don't think there should be coaching changes now across the country. Uh, if you're buying out a coach now, there's a, a dozen better things to spend money on, I mean, more than a dozen better things to spend money on than that. So it doesn't matter how hot the seat was. You just can't be buying coaches out now. It's not the right thing to do. Uh, I do think that although they weren't going to get fired, I think at Utah State and BYU we could have seen those coaches lured off to other jobs. Certainly they would have had – Offers for other jobs, whether they would have taken them or not, you know, I guess we can all speculate on how that might have played out. But those jobs aren't going to come open, so those schools with you know, lots of money aren't going to be looking to those guys. So I think that's where the coaching carousel impacts Utah State and BYU is the jobs that uh, the ADs who might come talking to those guys aren't going to have openings now because they aren't going to buy guys out. Yeah, but that's only one year. Yeah. So, so yeah. That, that, that's temporary. If these two guys, and they both had excellent seasons, and Craig Smith looks, he's charismatic. I mean, so is Mark Pope, for that matter. And so they know how to communicate with folks, and they know how to play the game within the game to get the boosters and fans and all those people excited. But if they're intent on leaving, they're going to leave. Whether it's now or next year, what difference does it make? You know, it, if they're short-timers, this year's an unusual set of circumstances, but you know we assume it's going to be temporary, and then they're going to leave. And there, there's going to be good jobs that become available and awesome amounts of money thrown at them, whether it's now or next year. And, and the way I look at it is these guys probably think that, well, if it's not going to happen this year, that just means there's something better out there tomorrow. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't know if either of those guys, you'd have to think that they'll have opportunities, obviously, to do it. And, and Mark Pope, especially next year, uh, because you know so many of the guys are gone this year. If he puts together anything close to next season as he did this season, okay, he's a winner. And I don't need to know that he's a winner because if Travis Hansen tells me he's a winner, I believe it. <laughs> Anything Travis tells me regarding basketball, I take to the bank 100%. And he's already told me and you that Pope is a winner. So that's all I need to know. And Smith is looking like he's doing an outstanding job. Although, you know, he's obviously Sam Merrill is going to be gone, and that wasn't uh, – Sam Merrill, might, he might have been a Stu Morrill recruit, right, going back with a mission uh, rather than the other guy who – what was his name, the dude in between uh, Stu and, and Craig Smith. Uh, I don't remember who recruited him. So we'll see if Smith turns out. I don't think out, any of us can remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. If he uh, turns into a good season, if he turns a good season in next year, all right, he's something special. And he very well could be. If these guys are determined to leave, so be it. But I'm really excited to see what Larry can do next year because we'll move past the youth card. Even though they'll still be relatively young, 
grade-wise, so many of them. You take a kid like Jones, who was just a freshman. Well, he got extensive. He got, in fact, he got too much playing time. They talked about how he, his body wore down because he got so much playing time. So their developments, along with Allen and the other guys, have been, and Carlson, their developments have been hastened because of how much time they got. And we've seen many cases where they struggle early and they get a bunch of time and then it pays off down the line. So, yes, I'm expecting Utah to be much better next season. Tim Durier is the name you were struggling to come up with there, and I think you're right about Stu, Stu Morrill because, because Tim was there three years and Craig's been there too. So you had in four years of playing and two years of mission, and then a year before that, you know, recruiting a kid who's a junior – and you don't just start recruiting yeah. kids. So, yeah, that would be back in the Stu Morrill area. And they, they may have been on him when he was a sophomore. I don't, I don't know the whole backstory in his recruiting well, probably, off the yeah. top of my head. So, yeah, I would say that's a, uh, a Stu Morrill era decision right there. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, there's been a lot going on this morning uh, from A-Rod to uh, Jordan Pendleton to uh, the thought of what happens if BYU is playing uh, – what happens to BYU if a college football season is shortened and they end up only playing conference games? What happens to the six schools that are independent? We'll catch you up to date on everything you missed in this show, and we'll do that next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Boston Red Sox pitcher Chris Sale underwent Tommy John surgery on his left elbow on Monday, his 31st birthday, waiting 11 days after doctors said he needed the operation because of difficulty in scheduling during the coronavirus pandemic. NFL Players Association Medical Director Tom Mayer said he's optimistic the 2020 season will take place, but that the union and NFL will know a lot more in late May or early June about whether playing this season is viable. Mayer noted on the Adam Schefter podcast that every NFL team, with the exception of the Packers, is located near a coronavirus hotspot. NCAA Division I Council voting Monday to grant an extra year of eligibility to all student-athletes in spring sports whose seasons were canceled because of the coronavirus pandemic. The decision does not include winter sports. It does not include men's and women's basketball. Spring sports only. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringo Networks. Syringo Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringonetworks.net. Big show. Big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? David Locke is with us. By the way, a traffic report here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. If anyone's trying to go south on I-15, coming out of downtown, choose an alternate route. Immediately Not head good. to 215 and wrap around the other way. With your Metro traffic report, I'm David Locke. You didn't go General um, Gridlock on it, yeah, David. I, was I did the general. not go General Gridlock. We are good to go by the dawn's early light. That is wow, that is great. Memory. That is awesome. I forgot oh, about General man. Gridlock. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If they're able to play baseball at all this year, and that is a big if, but if they're able to play, they might as well, within reason, try out every idea that has been on the table over the last few years and see what flies. All right, there it is. Bob Costas. What do you want to try with baseball? Within reason. Let's not gimmick it up 
too much. But for the people who are saying, hey, we need to add more wild cards, well, this would be the year to do it. That, to me, was the, when I heard Bob Costa say that, that was the first thing that came to mind, PK. Is there anything else you want to see him work with? Neutral sites? Oh, do you yeah. want to experiment with neutral sites in the postseason? I don't. I think what they need to do is eliminate bunting, but there's no such thing as a foul ball unless it goes into the stands. Getting rid, of, getting rid of the old uh, foul lines, huh? Don't need to chalk the lines you, anymore. You could still have them for base running purposes, but if you want more action, the only foul balls that can be in the stands. But you can't have some wizard with the bat who can square it up and bunt it towards the dugout. Well, what about check swings? Because you will That's have fun. wizards with the bat checking swings and you know moving no, the first baseman no. out. Oh yeah, no. absolutely. No, no, no. That's illegal. Then that's a bunt. You have to take a hack. You have. That's my whole point. You take a full swing, and if it ends up being a check swing like result, so be it. Yes, that's part of the game. We've all seen those. You can hit a screaming Mimi 300 feet, and it's right at somebody. And you can hit some some little nubber six feet, and you end up on first base. So that's just the lux of the game. But you have to take a full swing. You follow me? Yep, I do. I know you've said. And there's no such thing as foul. And then see that that eliminates or at least mitigates all the shifting that's been going on. It does, it does mitigate that uh, because you'd have to move. Let's say you're shifting everybody over and you're leaving left field open, but you got everybody over you know, between first and second and right field and all that. And all of a sudden, now the first baseman's got to move over into what used to be foul ground, especially in a place like Oakland. I think Oakland has more foul ground than any because it's one of the last. It might be the last. It's certainly one of the last, if not the last, multi-purpose stadium being used for, for baseball. So... They've got a ton of foul ground there. Other parks are kind of shoehorned in. I don't think there's a lot of foul ground at Wrigley Field. There there (laughs) is no stadium now in baseball that is used for football. That simply does not exist. Right, but were there any that were built and then modified? Because I think Oakland's the only one, but I I can't off the top of my head think of anything else. San Francisco, I watched a football game in their baseball stadium. I've watched a, ba- a football game. Well, they have played football at, and they've played football. They have played bowl games in Yankee Stadium and Wrigley Stadium. Yeah, but they weren't built in Boston too. Yeah, Fenway. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Miami. How can we leave out Miami? People, you played a bowl game there once upon a time on the Marlins. I field. wasn't going to leave out Miami. You chose to leave out Miami. I think that is that's your discrimination that you've had for Cubans all these years. Soon it will be San Diego, from what we've heard of the Holiday Bowl, but that's probably still a couple years off. All right, other things we have talked about this morning. Aaron Roderick yes. joined us, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. What is a coach supposed to do now? Uh, a lot of film to watch and players to talk to uh, individually to make sure they're keeping up on classes with everything online. But then you also got him going down the line of quarterback. How much competition should there be? How do they get better quarterback play? And one of his theories was that uh, an awesome bowl game can be a bad thing. Well, a perfect bowl game. <laughs> right. It was what uh, Wilson was eighteen for eighteen. Yeah. Although, uh, what's Matt, Matt Bushman saved his bacon on that perfect bowl game by making an unbelievable 
leaping in front of the dude, reaching over in front of the defender to make the catch. And then there was one, because we, we, we were in the press box and everyone was aware of it, and there was one that fell incomplete. Oh, there it goes, but there was a penalty. So it wiped it out. <laughs> uh, I think for me, this was the spring that I was anticipating Zach Wilson really solidifying his hold as the starter. And it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate across the board that everything has been delayed, postponed, or canceled. Uh, and I thought that with Zach being healthy, I believe in the kid's talent uh, because I've spoken to people who've coached him and guys who I trust and I know and are experts at what they do told me about his legitimacy and so I believe in that kid's talent and I was expecting that he was going to really take over the position not that I disbelieve in the other guy's talent that's not the case at all it's just that you know because he had the opportunity to play and the other two didn't he had the leg up the year before last I was hoping that anticipating that this would be the spring and now it gets taken away and so whenever we reconvene into training camp in August or if it is whenever it might be if it's June I don't know whatever they decide or if it's next year whenever it might be he's going to have to win it then because he's got to take hold of that position and put the other two guys in, okay, yeah, we want you on the team, but you guys are backups. Not that I have a preference for Wilson over the others. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me, but I'm just talking about for the sake of the team because if you have one established quarterback, your team usually is a lot better for it, and there's not competition in terms of the starter. The starter has solidified his position. There's no question who it is. You just look at uh, Tyler Huntley, his first year versus his third year, right? His first year as a starter, which was his sophomore year. You know, there was some, well, is he really good enough? Is he better than the other guy in Troy Williams? And they go seven and six. His senior year, well, yeah, it was clear. He is the man. Unquestioned, he's the man. And look how much better the team was. We also uh, talked to Jordan Pendleton, uh, owner of Pendleton Performance, former BYU linebacker, and he went into several things. One of them, uh, just how different the draft is going to be and how this will hurt and help guys on the bubble. Maybe uh, some guys who could do a really good job of presenting himself in person now have to do it on Zoom, and he said this is not the same thing. And on the other hand, maybe the guys who wouldn't present themselves so well who will catch a, uh, catch a break. But it seems like more than ever, whenever training camps start, Round six and seven, undrafted free agents. That's always a blurry line, but even more so this year. I would agree with that, that that is the case. Yeah, there's no question uh, on that. The good thing, though, is because football is much more of a numbers game than the other sports, you should get your opportunity somewhere along the line. And for these kids who aren't projected, you know, with the three-day draft now, it's are you a first day, which is just the first round, are you a second day, which is a couple of rounds, and then the third day is the rest of the rounds, right? And even with that in mind, once you get to the end, that first several hours is a scramble to find uh, opportunities to be invited in camps, and we see that does happen because aren't 
most most teams are bringing in double the amount of roster spots that they have available, right? They're bringing in, what do they have, 52 spots? Is that what it is? But they're bringing in double of that in training camp. And maybe this year, maybe they even bring in more. I don't know. It depends on, uh, you know, with no uh, cuts that you can make with the OTAs because we're not having them, and I don't know when we're going to have them, maybe they end up bringing more guys to camp when they have the official start of camp. And so with that in mind, maybe more guys would get an opportunity to uh, show their stuff. And if you get that opportunity, then it's up to you to make the most of it, obviously. Yeah, you know, that will be interesting to see how that works out because, and I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but there's some limit. I think it's been negotiated in the CBA about you can only have like 80 or 85 guys in at a time or something, but they cycle guys through so they get to that uh, 90 or 100 number, whatever they do, depending on the club, where, you know, some guys get let go and they can bring somebody else in and there's dates when you can do all that and... There's no reason for us to dig down into that minutia. But I wonder that I think a lot of the time that that's going on, uh, everything's kind of frozen right now. So I wonder how that'll yeah. work. Yeah. So what, one of the things that's going to have to be uh, tinkered with, I think, on the fly. Right. All right, other stuff we've talked about. Uh, it's official. The D- NCAA Division One Council granted an extra year of eligibility to spring sport athletes. It'll be interesting to see how many – Baseball players, softball, track, lacrosse, take advantage of this. Uh, Mark Harlan talked a little bit about it. He had the number uh, for the school of the student-athletes who might be interested in it, but it sounds like coaches are already getting a sense of who wants it and who wants to get on with their life, but uh, good for them. And then, as we expected, it it doesn't happen for the winter sports that, as you pointed out earlier in the show, had either played 90% or possibly 100% of their season in some cases. Yeah, I just didn't see a way that winter sports athletes, men and women, can get that season back. But the spring sports barely had been started. And so it seems that that was certainly fair to them. And I'm wondering, you know, Mark uh, has said, Mark Harlan, a number of times that the ski team, they literally had to call them down off the mountain. I wondered, did they have to walk? Did they take the chairlift? Were they allowed to ski down? How do you think they got down? Oh, uh, they probably skied, I would think. I think they would ski. Oh. But if you didn't have a reason to ski, would you just say, man, that sucks, and just kind of pitifully walk down? How would that work? No, that takes too long. I mean, you might ski down at like two-thirds, not, you know, racing in the tuck, flying over the hill, and you know, but you'd still ski down. Come on. <laughs> and how far along, serious question, how far along were they? Uh, I think they were uh, way deep into it. Uh, I don't know that the, they might have had a couple things to complete. I don't follow it that close. But, you know, we get releases about everything, and <laughs> I get bored and I start reading them. <laughs> so there you go. And skiing's not something we usually spend much time on. You know, report that they want it. I mean, that's basically it. Uh, mention it. That, that would be it. Um, but I think they were like 90 or 95% of the way done. I think they were a big chunk of it was done. So when you say not much time, does that equal zero? Possibly, yes. Because I don't think I've ever discussed one second of it. We uh, talk about but skiing I've, maybe I've, every four years. Right. But you're TV, so you're all things to all people. Yeah, but we don't have video. So really, it gets a mention. It would get a mention well, at the end of a still, show. Still, but you knew that, it would you get knew a, that they were 95, would 90%. Get a, I wouldn't have no idea. It would get a blurb. You'd see a link on Twitter to something that somebody wrote in the Tribune, and there you go. 
And you thought it was uh, Harlan was the most crushing blow to talk to the gymnastic folks because you knew how far along they were. Yes. I wouldn't have had any idea. Yeah, well, there you go. TV, all things, all people. Thankfully, we have people like you. Yeah, you don't sound very thankful right now. <laughs> you can't look in my heart. I think we all can. <laughs> oh, good. That's a start because that assumes I have a heart, and many people have accused me of not having one. You have a heart. I've looked in and seen it. Back off. <laughs> You seen it? <laughs> I, I done seen it. <laughs> D U N new word S E E N E. Done seen okay. it. I like it actually. The more I think about it, I like it as as just a, a compound word. I, I think that should be in there. Before we get out of here, did you look and see? Uh, uh, McMurphy tweeted they the stadium website uh, went ahead and surveyed. A hundred and I think they surveyed all the D one football. One hundred and thirty. Yeah, one hundred and thirty Division one athletic directors. But they got one hundred and twelve responses, and it indicates how majority of them. I think. Uh, go ahead and look at it. Uh, that they don't think that there'll be a full season, or there'll be some form of impact. It remains to be seen what. But it's out there, and for people who don't want to acknowledge it, well, it's gaining steam. Well. I don't think we can label that surprising. Kirk Herbstreit warned us of this a few days ago, and I never thought that. I, I mean, I don't know because I don't know the him. The prophet Kirk Herbstreit? No, I just think, and not the prophet. <laughs> I, I think he's got self. I, I think he does what you do, and he does it at a national level. He knows a lot of people, he talks to a lot of people. He's gotten older. He's not as into the fan stuff as he, you know. I mean, at one point he played for Ohio State, and you know he was crazy for Ohio State. But he gets older, and he knows all these people, and they're moving, and they're changing jobs, and and he's texting with them because he's bored, and they're like, "Hey, I'm worried about this. Hey, I'm worried about this." I think this survey, you know, I, I think guys like McMurphy, he's got the same number of contacts. He probably was texting and saw what Herb Street said, and maybe he was texting before on his own and thought, "Well, why don't we just do official survey? I got to write something." And so then you see this. Yeah, it's alarming. No doubt about it. But you're not surprised. It's the reality of the, uh, what, last month or so? Maybe if you want to extend the world, you tweeted out something about the Chinese League, which is a forewarning also. Why don't you explain that, too? So uh, Brian Windhorst from ESPN uh, put it out on Twitter, and I retweeted it, that they want to restart uh, the CBA, the Chinese Basketball Association, but they've run into problems, and the government has told them, nope, you're not restarting it now. And one of the big problems is people are asymptomatic. you got zero symptoms, but you can spread it. And the last thing, having apparently tamped it down to some degree in China, but not completely eliminated, is they're worried that it'll you know take off again. And so there was this... Um, I think there was this thought and this hope that, well, look at the curve in China over 90 days, and now they can restart basketball. So in 90 days, we'll be able to restart basketball. I think there was kind of that thought process. But if China can't restart basketball after 90 days, uh, then we can't restart basketball after 90 days. And I get that it's, you know, it's different everywhere, and different people put different protocols in, but it it seems like there's a lot of stuff that's basically the same. You're still going to have... Two teams of players and coaches in pretty close proximity. And referees, right? And every time you add another person into the mix, there's that risk that an asymptomatic person could get somebody else sick. So I don't know that it's the final word, but it's the latest word. So there you go. Just as Brett McMurphy with the latest word. One-fifth fear, 
there's a 50% chance a full college football season won't be played. And if so, that'll mean cutting some Olympic sports. Said 1AD, if there's no season, we'll be bleeped. Yeah, I saw that. That's kind of definitive. So, that's from Brett Oh, if there's Brett no McMurphy. season? Yeah. I mean, obviously, football is the big cash cow in terms of uh, allowing other sports to exist and paying for them. And so, yeah, so if it's not ha- going to happen, wow, man, that's just awful. All right, uh, I've just retweeted it. You go to David DJ James, and you'll see the link there to Brett McMurphy's tweet, and he's got the link to the full story, and you can check that out. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and PK, time for your feedback. And it's all brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or City.com. All right, got a lot of feedback uh, coming in. <laughs> uh, did you hear that promo that ran about uh, General Gridlock with David Locke? And he was on the big show. So all of a sudden we got people tweeting at us about General Gridlock who did traffic, sports radio traffic, like 15 years ago. And you uh, Shasta trailer tweeting at us, alas, General Gridlock has set the binoculars down and hung up the helmet for the last time. And they have a story about him retiring. And then that leads to a tweet about, well, General Gridlock was great, but you and PK have to give it up for JT the Traffic Babe, too. JT the Traffic Babe. Yes, I remember her. <laughs> yeah, Very but, well, I remember her. What you remember her is that her asking, DJ, what'd you do this weekend? I worked. <laughs> I guess she did do that, huh? Uh, so if the colleges only play conference games this upcoming season, uh, what happens to the independents? There's a half dozen of them. Uh, Kirk Garfield tweets at us, we'll get back into a conference. Worst thing BYU ever did was going independent. Get back to the Mountain West already. That is not the worst thing that they ever did. It may not be good now, but at the time, it was the most logical thing under the circumstance. Uh, Casey tweets at us, uh, uh, we don't want BYU in this conference. We don't want those losers stinking up our conference. Thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, BYU to the Mountain West, is that what we're talking about? That's what one person suggested, and then obviously an Aggie fan, we don't want them stinking up our conference. Oh, no, no, I think they'd be an excellent addition to the conference. Absolutely. But do you think that's going to happen? Or are we just not talking the about the future? Right, no. Yeah. Uh, Tom's, I, mean, I can't say that it's not going to happen, but not right now. Tom uh, tweets at us, who cares? A lot of people tweeted something like that. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of people who don't like BYU. This is their chance to fire off. Uh, Mike says, well, if there are no conference games, BYU could play Notre Dame every week. It would be like a best of 13 playoff series. That'd be cool, but I don't foresee that happening. But see, the problem is, if you know, if you don't like BYU, I get that. Or who cares? Uh, but the problem with that is, if BYU is in a difficult situation, that means the teams that you or team you care about also is in, in somewhat, maybe situation. not as dire, but yes, exactly. Reading that Brett McMurphy story during the break after we talked about it, where he surveys all the ads, it's very clear the best thing for all of college sports is if they play a 12-game schedule. And, right. and the playoff goes off. Uh, 
I do think that um, as much as everyone playing a conference schedule, it could come to that. I have a hard time believing people have Notre Dame on the schedule. Or they're they're going to try to find a way to play Notre Dame. Uh, certainly, it's a lucrative home game for the six teams, five or six teams to get them at home. And then even going there is something that I think people are reluctant to give up. Uh, so if Notre Dame is playing a Power 5 school, then BYU's got a chance. I mean, conferences don't have odd numbers, do they? So that, unless there was a, someone uh, who's yeah. on a bye. No, I see what you're saying, yeah, in that way. Yeah, if Notre Dame is impacted, and you're right, obviously a home game Notre Dame is a sellout most likely, and going to Notre Dame, I believe, this is my own personal opinion, I believe Notre Dame Stadium is the most hollowed ground we have in college sports. And so you would take that opportunity, particularly if it doesn't come around every other year, you would take that opportunity. So that's why I'm holding out hope. As long as we've got Notre Dame there, then all the other six independents, if you've got Notre Dame on your side, that's the most powerful individual brand. I mean, I know BYU has its contract with ESPN, and that's great. And Not a whole lot of schools could do that, particularly at BYU's level. But Notre Dame takes that individual contract and steps it up by a 1,000%. They, Even though they have not necessarily been in the playoff hunt every single year, obviously, they still, in my mind, are the biggest of the big out there. And I think the you made an excellent point earlier this morning is that uh – you know, one of the reasons to play this, all the TV networks need content. And we've been over it a million times. Teams in the Pacific and Mountain time zone play these 8, eight or 8.30 kickoffs because networks want to get a fourth game in during the, during the broadcast day on a Saturday. And that's the way to do it. So ESPN is a contract with BYU. <laughs> they're going to want BYU to play a game. And they're going to want to play, put BYU on with a game that people want to watch because that's the only way right. they're going to make money off it. So yep. how would it play out? I don't know, but I expect ESPN would try to make it play out pretty well for BYU because that's how ESPN makes it play out pretty well for ESPN. And if you've told yes. us to follow the money once, you've told us a thousand times, so follow the money. I don't know what BYU schedule would look like. It might look different, but I think there'd still be some pretty good teams on it one way or another. Agreed. All right. Can you imagine the TV networks? Yep, we're going to go conference only in Notre Dame. You're just screwed. (laughs) No. No. The TV networks are going to make sure Notre Dame's playing big-time games. Well, NBC in particular. Yeah, NBC. Right. But Notre Dame's playing road games, and those are almost certainly ESPN, ESPN. Now there might be some Fox. Right. But they're all not. There isn't a TV network that isn't thinking, hey, I want my Notre Dame game. We're good. Right. Right. All right, so it looks ugly on the surface, but I think this goes back to where you got to have five plans. You know, that's, that's be ready to adapt and uh, get on the yes. phone with ESPN and figure out how that what that might look like. It'll probably look all right. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are out of time. Tony and Austin are coming up next, and we'll see you tomorrow. Basketball coaches, Larry Kustoviak will be here. Mark Pope will be here. We'll see you tomorrow on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.